The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern Carolina's longest-running sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Taft Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. And now, here's Brian Bailey. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into our show as we tip off your sports week. We've got a great week ahead of us as the NCAA tournament gets set to start the first four, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then, of course, first and second round games coming up Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday. Also, news off the court. Joe Dooley fired at East Carolina on Friday afternoon, so we'll have some thoughts on that coming up. We're kicking up with Harold Varner. He's three shots off the lead at the Players' Championship. They have just started the final round. And we're going to have Cy Seymour talk about uh, all things East Carolina basketball and all things college basketball. Get his thoughts on the brackets and when the teams play. We've got the teams, the tip-offs. We've got the networks because it's kind of a confusing deal until you look it all up. We've got all of that for you coming up in the next hour. This is the Brian Bailey Show, and we'll tip it off after this. I'm Michael Vaughn with East Coast Grading and Utilities. Many of you know my dad, David Vaughn, and his work in putting in subdivisions all over Pirate Nation. But East Coast Grading and Utilities is not just for those type of big jobs. We're here for the homeowners, whether it's concrete, driveways, hauling rock or sand, whatever you need, East Coast Grading and Utilities can get the job done. Call us at 252-531-7494 or check us out on Facebook at East Coast Grading and Utilities. It's bow time. Ever taste something so good you just get hooked? Like the Bow Jangler, the only fish sandwich splashed with Bow's famous seasoning. So we're having a fish fry, Bow Jangle style. Spicing up premium fish fillets with the good stuff and slathering them with melty cheese and tangy tartar sauce to hook your taste buds with just one bite. Reel in a Bow Jangler today only at Bow Jangles. It's bow time. From our floor to your door, Bostic Sun Furniture has what you need in stock. So you can get your furniture now, not later. Save store-wide, plus get special financing on our huge selection of beautiful furniture from Lazy Boy, Bassett & Row. Better Sleep starts now on the Arctic Mattress by Serta on a power motion base with 48-month special financing and no money down. Plus our exclusive 10-year power base warranty. From our floor to your door, create something beautiful at Bostic Sun Furniture. Winslow's Deli and Tavern has a new look, along with a great lunch and dinner menu. Open Tuesday through Sunday for lunch and dinner, plus brunch starting at 1030 on Sundays. Winslow's is located on Fifth Street beside the State Theater and features daily drink specials with two outdoor patios perfect for this warmer weather. Come eat, drink, and get your March Madness on in one of Greenville's largest bar areas. Follow Winslow's on Facebook and Instagram for special events and daily specials. Winslow's Deli and Tavern on Fifth Street in Greenville. Pirate fans, get ready for a winning season and team up with Quality Equipment, your local John Deere dealer and proud sponsor of the ECU Pirates. When you do business with us, you'll get things done right. We're proud to offer a large selection of new and used John Deere equipment, a fully stocked parts department, and a highly trained staff who is here to support you throughout the life of your equipment. So get quality done right before every ECU game day and visit qualityequip.com. Thinking about takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. This is Big John Williams, strength and conditioning coach for East Carolina football, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. 
You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back on this Monday, talking basketball. The NCAA tournament brackets announced last night, so we're going to take an in-depth look at those uh, brackets, maybe pick some upsets for you, that kind of thing. Also going to talk about uh, the the firing of Joe Dooley at East Carolina. That came on Friday afternoon. Cy Seymour, ECU basketball analyst, joins us now. And, and Cy, when you, when you got the uh, word, the first word about Coach Dooley, what were your first thoughts? Well, my first thoughts are, uh, just, truthfully, Joe is a heck of a basketball coach, and he will, he will land on his feet. That, and that's the truth. I mean, this game today is so different and so volatile and changes so quickly. Joe Dooley's a basketball coach. And when I look at it, I appreciate what he did at ECU. Uh, he, he, my gosh, nobody works harder. His kids graduated, and he did a heck of a job. And so, I appreciate everything he did for East Carolina. And I want to wish Joe the best of luck in in this crazy world of, of turnover in today's world. A guy like Joe Dooley, who knows the game, is willing to work hard and get the job done, he'll do fine. And I appreciate everything he did for the Pirates. And I agree with you 100%. I think uh, I talked to Joe over the weekend. We had an interview with him that we ran on Channel 9. And, uh, you know, and I think he pretty much took the high road. There, there are some questions that, that have to come out. Uh, and I, I think, you know, when you look at the whole body of work, obviously the wins didn't come like he would have wanted them to. But when you start from scratch, it's, it's pretty much very difficult. And now – you know, we don't know who's going to transfer because the transfer portal throws a whole new monkey wrench into everything. You, you, the key to winning in college basketball is stability, and it's really, really difficult these days to be stable, isn't it? Yeah, we, uh, I heard Bill Self yesterday said the transfer portal has changed all whoever you think is going to be there, and it's the truth. Uh, in, in this new world, you know, literally Clemson has one coach, and all he does is, is recruit the portal. That's his job. Uh, and, and I'm sure other schools are doing the same thing, but that's how much it's changed. And, uh, and, and so you're going to see, continually see movement everywhere, uh, in the, in the country in basketball. But all, you know, when you look at the base, Joe's a heck of a coach. He knows basketball. He will do a tremendous job. And I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. And I think one of the problems came about with the frustrations that Joe had. There's some things that, that he was told he was going to get when he took the job. But in defense of the administration at East Carolina, that was pre-COVID. And I don't know how much some of that changed because of the COVID. Because obviously when you have a year with no fans and, and you're trying to you know scratch your way through, you know, and, and is that fair? No, it's not fair, but nothing about COVID was fair. And so I don't know how much that had to, had to play. I do know that, that there was some frustrations on both sides. And we all know, at least those of us that have been through a divorce, you know, when those frustrations start to mount, then the, the, the little things start to bother you more than they probably should. And I think on both sides that, that it was a divorce that, that seemed inevitable. Well, I, I just know that John Gilbert's a good man. Joe Dooley's a good man, and and I wish them both. Listen, in the next two months, I wish them the best of luck in whatever they're going to do. But I think we'll be seeing this a lot in college basketball nowadays. I think you're going to see it, and and anybody, whether any any AD, better be ready and loaded to look to find somebody because of a portal. You better be ready to move and get stuff done. And I hope that for ECU, but I really hope for Joe. That well, I'm not even worried about it. Joe Dooley will land on his feet. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Coach Will. He said he had a couple of different calls, and 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 I really didn't think you know in, in talking to him and looking him in the eye. I don't think he was really concerned about that. I think he was more, you know. There's a certain part of you that that you know when you, especially when you come back. And his his uh, his words to me were, you know, we weren't a prisoner. We came here as a volunteer. We came here because we wanted to. And I think you know I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And it's just it's just a shame that it didn't work out because I think that. And he was as good a coach as we've had, you know, in, in my 40 years, you know, in Eastern North Carolina. And, you know, to, to be fired at the same place twice, it's just really mind boggling when you think about the, the odds of that. But, you know, we move on. And I was told by someone in East Carolina that this thing would move faster rather than slower. And I think the faster they get somebody in here, the better. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a thing that you, you have to move fast. 
you're losing a good man. Can you replace him with a good man? And and that's that's the hard thing. And and I think, but I hope that John Gilbert is up to that task. Uh, so let's hope that we move forward and get this thing done. And and look, the bottom line with a guy like me and, and Brian, you're the same way. We're here, and we want to see ECU get better in everything they do. And 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 so let's hope this works to improve that. I thought Joe did a good job. I I really think. I appreciate what he did. He came in in a tough time period. That the, the stuff going on was terrible, but I thought he did a great job. And let's hope wish him well. And I think my dad said it a long time ago, and a lot of dads have said it. But they always say if if you can leave some place, uh, you know, better than you, you it was when you got there, then then you've pretty much done your job. And I think even you know John Gilbert. I think all everybody at East Carolina would say that Joe Dooley most certainly you know leaves East Carolina better than the way he found it because he found an absolute mess. And I think the new guy coming in will benefit from that. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Joe left it better than it was than when he got here and and look he works himself he worked himself to death and i appreciate it. and i wish he and his family his family is great i wish them the best uh in the future and i and i feel like the future is bright i do so i'm not i'm not concerned about joe what he did here he left this place in good shape now let's continue to grow and as you talk about his family, Tanya, his wife, obviously, and Max's son, and uh, Max is headed to West Point. What what a big thrill that that is! I mean, he's he's going to be going to West Point soon, and you know the future is so bright for that young man. And I know Joe's very proud of him. Exactly. I mean, let, let, let's let's get to what really the priorities are. He's so proud of Max, and he's been able to spend time with his dad, and and and, and it's been a good good situation for Joe. And uh, like I say, let's wish him the best of luck. Cy Seymour joining us. We will uh, put that to bed for the time being. We'll talk NCAA basketball. Let's take a commercial break, and then we'll refocus on the NCAAs. I know you've had a chance to look at the brackets. You've got some ideas on that. I've got some ideas. We've got the game times, the networks. This is the time of year that everybody tries to figure out where True TV is because they've got some of the games. Back with more after this. Although innovative new resources such as digital media and social networks have grown in popularity, smart marketers recognize that printing is a mainstay. We live in an age of computer hacking, scams, and fly-by-night businesses, so it's reassuring to consumers when they receive printed marketing pieces. It exemplifies business confidence and conveys a high level of commitment. It also fosters trust, which leads to engagement and ultimately brand loyalty. When you're ready to grow your business, come to PIP, where business goes to grow. Hey, Pirate fans, Derek Pazeni from Carolina Wealth Management. Are you a fiduciary? That's a question every investor should ask their advisor. A fiduciary is an individual who acts in the best interest of a particular person or beneficiary. Is your advisor a fiduciary? You should know. It's your money. At Carolina Wealth Management, we do things differently from other investment firms. To learn more about the benefits of working with a fiduciary advisor, visit MyCarolinaWealth.com. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. The icy treat that can't be beat is Sparky Snowballs. From big kids to little kids, Sparky Snowballs has been making smiles happen for over 20 years. If you're not in the mood to chill out with a snowball, Sparky's funnel cakes and fried Oreos are a perfect Sparky-licious treat every time. Are you having an event, party, or fundraiser? Call Sparky's to come on site. Remember to follow Sparky's on Facebook or visit SparkySnowballs.com to see where they'll be next. Hey, Pirate fans, did you know there are thousands of special needs children and adults right here in our community that loves ECU athletics as much as you do? Robbie's Clubhouse is a local nonprofit organization that can turn your unused ECU tickets into a fun day for a family with special needs. If you can't make it to the next Pirate game, simply call 1-800-DOLL-ECU and donate and designate your tickets for Robbie's Clubhouse. Go Pirates! This is Coach Blake Carroll, defense coordinator for East Carolina football. And you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned, community-powered. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show. Next week, our second chance for the Sweet 16s. Always a big deal. We're going to do it a little differently coming up next week. We're going to have the uh, Facebook Live feed set up. You can actually type in your... 
your picks, and we're going to do it that way a little bit. Plus, we'll put those on the air, and we'll take your phone calls as well. But it'll be a lot of fun coming up next week right here on the Brian Bailey Show. Got to get through this first weekend first. Cy, when you looked at the brackets last night, did anything jump out at you? You know, I think what really got me was, I really. this is just being selfish, I, I wanted SMU to get in, and they were really on the bubble. I was surprised Wake Forest. I'm surprised that Michigan got in it at 17 and 14. That, that was a shocker to me. And then when you look up and you see uh, uh, Davidson gets upset and it bumped probably one of those teams that didn't get in because Richmond went in and Davidson went in. I'm glad for uh, Bob McKillop. He's a great coach. And so, that you know, because of that upset with Richmond, Richmond gets in and Davidson. And uh, but, but overall, it's a hard thing to do, Brian. And, and uh, I think the committee did a pretty darn good job on it. You know, it's so difficult, and, and it's really strange to me, you know, some of the ways that, that things work out. For instance, North Carolina came on of late and they didn't play real well uh, in their second game in the ACC tournament when Virginia Tech knocked them off. But the Tar Heels ended up as an eight seed. You, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're much you're much better off as a 10 or an 11 seed, aren't you? That 8-9 game, you know, you're staring at a top seed right, you know, right in a barrel. You're 8-1. I mean, Exactly. You're looking at the top seed in the next game. I mean, that, that is a look. You're looking down the barrel at that. And in other words, North Carolina's looking at Baylor in Fort Worth. In Fort Worth, if they win, if they win, they're going to play Baylor. You know, at some point, at some point. So that that's a tough matchup. Now, I'm just telling you, nothing is easy. One will play eight, and when it gets down to it, and uh, that that makes it difficult. You know, Brian, and my philosophy is different in football right now. We're taking 84 out of 130 teams to bowl games. 84. Yeah, that's 68 to 70% of the teams are going to a bowl. In basketball, we're taking 64 out of 350. The tournament needs to be expanded. I say what you do is you give the 32 winning teams. No, no tournament. You give the 32 teams that win their conference, they get a first-round bye. Then you take the next 64 and you let them play the first round. And then, it, and after that, you're down to 32 in that. You've got 32 in the other. You're, about, you're at the sweet. You're at the 64. It wouldn't take but one week. It would take the tournament week. And then you're at 64. There's no questions asked. You've got 96 teams in. And then you play from there. I, I just think it's so difficult. And everybody's saying, don't expand it, don't expand it. We've expanded bowls out of the yin-yang. And it's okay. People like to watch their teams play. And it's okay to do that. Golf keeps it somewhere around a third up to a field on on, third, on Friday and on Saturday, Sunday. All I'm asking is to get we'd, we'd still be less than thirty percent taking a ninety six teams. I, I, I just think it's ridiculous how hard this is. I, I agree with you. I agree. You know, we, we got word at, at one point that the college football playoff was going to expand. It was almost a done deal. And then they got back together, and now that's not going to happen. And I, I don't see I, – I, the money is just so great. How can they not expand the college football playoff? <laughs> see, I think the same thing. I think, I think you've got to let more teams in. Now, I think 8 to 12 is probably top football. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. And football so physical. But, but – Drop a couple of non-conference games. Let's go with it. Expand it out. And I think it would be better for college football. I may be wrong. There's a lot of arguments on both sides. But I love it all. And you do, too. We're that same generation. We eat, sleep, and drink it. Let's hope. But I'm like you. I think it helps to expand it. And most a lot of people say no, but I say yes. And when you look at it, if you do expand the college basketball deal, obviously it, it allows a team like an East Carolina to have a little bit of a better chance. Now, the argument goes that when East Carolina goes to the American tournament, if they can put together three or four wins you know, in a row, then they're in the NCAAs. But that's that's very difficult. That's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm thinking what you're doing there is really hard. But this thing... I really think you're not doing a lot if you do what we said. You're still only let, you're rewarding 30% of the teams. That's it. The other 70 are sitting home. So I, that's a pretty good thing if you have just a halfway decent year. Now, you might get beaten the first round, but that's what happens. I mean, that's just part of it. So I, I, I think it would, it would take a lot of work off to the committees, too. I think it gets so political, you know, all of a sudden you look up and there's nine, you know, from the Big Ten. You know, and and all of those teams, they were never great this year. But there's nine going. You know, I mean, they don't have a first round 
they don't have a, a, a one seed, but nine teams are going. I mean, that's that's kind of how it works. And, and you know, I, I noticed this year because the ACC was so down. You know, Duke was the only team ranked nationally most of the year. I think Carolina slipped in at twenty-five late, but I mean, for the most, and Miami may have been in there a couple of times, but for the most part, Duke was the only team that was ranked. And I can remember years. You can remember, you know, years where where Virginia and Carolina and Duke were all ones. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> and and now Duke's a two, and that's the best they've got. Exactly. And, 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 you know, Brian, when you look at it, I think a lot of it's got to do with the portal. I mean, I think it has a role in all this. You don't know who's going to be where every year. And that's another reason why go to 96, because you don't know who's going to be where each year. You just don't know. Uh, and, like, and really, if you look at the league this year, the original ACC teams, there are two, Duke and UNC. Notre Dame, Miami, and Virginia Tech are the other three. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. And, and when you think about, you know, what the ACC did this year being so down, I mean, it was one of those years, like Virginia, usually they were picked, you know, third, I think, in the preseason poll, and they were nationally ranked to start the preseason. They lost to Navy at home their first game. Did you get to see Jaden Gardner play a lot with Virginia? Yeah, I did. And, and listen, Jaden did a nice job. He did. He, he, I thought he played extremely well. And, and you know, that's the thing about a Jaden. He, he's going to play well, and and he did it. And I'm proud of him. I think it looks good for our university. I think it looks good for our coaching staff. He went and it's good for our league. Our competition's that good. And he stepped right in, did what he had to do against maybe a bigger player. Didn't matter. So Jaden had a good year, uh, and I and I'm proud of him. But again, a disappointing year for the University of Virginia. And, and on that same subject with Jaden, you know, a lot of Pirate fans, you know, were, were bothered by the fact that he transferred through the portal. But you think about Jaden, here's a kid who's from the middle part of North Carolina, you know, from Heritage High School. He grew up watching the Atlantic Coast Conference. And if he had a chance to play, he, I, deep down, he wanted to see if he could compete. He wanted to see if he could go to Cameron Indoor and have a good game, which he did. And Virginia upset Duke that night. Uh, he was a big part of it. So, I mean, you know, you got to see what, what the opportunities that were out there. Now, I think he went to Virginia thinking he was going to be playing in the NCAA tournament, and that didn't work out. Uh, Virginia is in the NIT to get a home game because Mississippi State has some construction going on with their arena. But, but you know, he's getting some postseason play coming up, but he's not going to be in the NCAA tournament. But I thought what he did and, and just getting to compete against the Dukes and the Carolinas and the States, I think it had to mean a lot to him. It did. You know, when you think about it, they, uh, you know, his high school career was get great. He did a good job, but he was overlooked. He was. To the side. And, and then – he, he comes to ECU and, and has a really solid career. And, and he thought, you know, I've done, I've done what I'm supposed to do in a really good league. I've, I've dominated in this league. And then he was looking his senior year. I, I'm never upset with a kid that thinks that that's the way to go. He gave ECU three really strong years. And I guess the big question now is Tristan Newton, you know, will he stay at East Carolina? And I think that we we kind of look at the fact that if you do get someone in here fairly quickly, you know, that's going to help solidify this roster. And I think that's one of the important things uh, going forward. No doubt about it. I, I think, and you know what, it's, I think it's that way. Could it be anywhere where a guy gets uh, relieved of his duties, you better have somebody. <laughs> yeah. They're going to they're gonna bolt quick. Yeah, and that's that's because of the transfer portal. All right, back to the tournament. North Carolina is an eight seed for the fifth time in their history. They are seven and four all time as the uh, eighth seeds. They've had some relative success as a number eight seed. Taking on Marquette, Marquette is the ninth seed. That game is in the East Regional, being played in Fort Worth, Texas. Why? Why we've gone to this with this pod systems where we send them all over the place? Why don't we just send them, you know, to where they're where they're supposed to be? I know it's crazy. And, and I think what they're saying is, uh, you weren't that good. You're lucky to be here. <laughs> yeah. Play in North Carolina. But like you said, and, like, and I'm saying, they're going to have to play out in that area. I think they'll get by Marquette, but their next matchups could be really, really difficult for them. Yeah, Baylor in Fort Worth. But that'll be great television, won't it? Oh, yeah, it will be. And, and Baylor's, you know, quick and, and helter-skelter. North Carolina can have a chance if Baycock can get it inside. So they've got a chance. Uh, to, to do a, do a little bit of damage, and, and when you think and, about, uh, look at, look, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I, I, I'm looking at 
I'm looking at games outside of that or teams outside of that. I think UConn in the West and Memphis, they've got ball clubs that can play with play with Gonzaga, Duke, Texas Tech, and Arkansas. I think in the East, I looked up. Don't let anybody kid you. One of the great games early because UNC's one of the eight seed, but Virginia Tech, Texas will be a great basketball game. That's going to be <laughs> Beard against uh, uh, our boy over there in Virginia, Young. That's going to be a heck of a ball game. Don't let anybody kid you. That's going to be fun to watch, and those teams can beat you. And they're in the East, I think. And and this is just a heart and soul thing. Houston in the South with with Sampson against Arizona, Villanova, Tennessee, and Illinois. By the way, I think that's the strongest regional, but uh, region. But Houston with Sampson, they're going to play hard, and they're going to be there. And of course, Nettie, our former assistant, is Ohio State. So I'm watching what those two teams do, and I think then I go back to the ACC. I think of Miami and USC, uh, Southern Cal in that first game. Miami's the lower seed. You better look for, out for Laranago. We've seen him for years when he was at George Mason. Yeah, that's he right. Come out of that ball game. He's got good guards. He can easily knock them out. And I think another one in that region is Iowa. I think those teams can affect Kansas, Auburn, Wisconsin, and Providence in the Midwest, Arizona, Villanova, Tennessee, and Illinois in the South. I think those te- don't count the dark horses out. You know, when you look at, you mentioned Virginia Tech, they're an 11 seed taking on the 6 seed, the Texas Longhorns. They're in the East region, but they'll play their first round game in Milwaukee, and that's a 4.30 tip coming up on Friday. What a great, you know, as you said, going to be a great game. Can you believe what Virginia Tech did in the ACC tournament just with, uh, you know, guys, I knew of Hunter Couture, but I didn't had no idea he was going to score. He scored 31 in the championship game. I mean, those guys were just hitting shots from all over the place. They were uncanny. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something, Brian, that, that you'll like. Uh, my son's a coach, a high school coach, but he always goes to the clinics, wherever they are. I'm telling you to the day. He said, let me tell you something, Dad. The guy that Virginia Tech hired from Wofford, he he runs the best stuff offensively that I've ever seen. Uh, he said, I'm just telling you, when he goes through a clinic, and he was at Wofford, and then he was he was going to he said, I'm just telling you, watch him, because they're going to be good. And now look what he's done. And he just he just and he sees them all. And then I heard Shashevsky say, when you have to prepare for Virginia Tech's offense, it takes more than one day. And he he runs stuff. I tell you who else runs good stuff. Uh, Hurley at Connecticut. I'm just telling you, those two teams run stuff, and I'm watching them. I'm thinking they're putting on a clinic. So you're right about him. You're right about what he did. Those kids get up and they make shots. They've got shooters. He's a good. He's not a young coach anymore. He's a good coach, and his team came through for him. Yeah, they certainly did, and, and they were in the same uh, boat, probably that Virginia was in. That they had to have a long run in the tournament in order to make it. I'm not sure if Virginia Tech would have even made the tournament had they not beaten Duke in the championship. Obviously, as the ACC tournament champs, you get the automatic bid, so you're in. But they were they were right there too because the ACC was so down this year that those wins, you know, in conference didn't help you a whole lot. Well, you know, what I'm looking at is, think about the shot against Clemson. I like Brad Brownell. They hit a buzzer beater yeah. would have lost. I said, well, they're out. Well, guess what? He knocked it down. I mean, and so they go, they're out if he misses that shot. I mean, but they did. And, and like you said, to do that for four days with no legs, that's unbelievable. What an accomplishment for Virginia Tech. Yeah, and the announcers were saying late in the game that it looked like Duke was the team that was tired and not Virginia Tech, and they played an extra game. Well, what's amazing, I tell you, he knows how to spread you and move you and make you play defense the way you don't want to do it. His offensive sets are really, really good, and they knock down threes. He said, he said in one of the clinics, he said, I'll tell you what I want from my big men. I want their shots to be dunks and wide open. That's what he says. He is moving people around so much that he, when his big men shoot, there's no back and back and back and down. It is, I want to dunk and I want to lay up from my bigs. I mean, he moves people really good. He's a good young coach. Well, not a young coach, but he's a good coach. Sounds like an easy offensive philosophy. Just get close to the basket and your odds of making a basket certainly improve, don't they? Yeah, yeah that's right. But they can shoot it. In today's world, you got to be able to shoot. If you can't shoot the three, you're in trouble. You know, the first year they came out with it, everybody was scared. The average number of threes that year, I was looking at it way back, and I said, my gosh, we they were taking threes, eight, eight a game. That's it. 
eight a game was the average that first year. Now look at it. They want you to make eight to ten a game. It's just a totally different world now. It really is. All right, Cy Seymour joining us to talk NCAA basketball. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll continue on, take a look at some of the matchups. This is the Brian Bailey Show, tipping off your sports week, and it's going to be a good one. Back with more after this. The Rick House is Eastern North Carolina's premier American-style restaurant and bourbon bar with daily specials. And here's the lineup. Mondays feature $7 margaritas and half-price appetizers. Tuesday is stuffed seafood night. Wednesday is date night. Thursday is roasted smoked lamb chop night. Fridays is prime rib night. And Saturday is Italian night and is also Fred and Wilma night with our 36-ounce bone-in tomahawk steak just like the Flintstones. And on Sunday is our legendary brunch from 10 to 2. The Rick House, American provisions and spirits 710 Red Banks Road beside the bowling alley in Greenville. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. <sighs> Is that the sound of an ooey gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of PIZZA? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Ah. Woo, Papa John's just took their fresh, never frozen dough and hand stretched it New York style. So you can fold it or not. I ain't gonna lie though, I fold it. Get a New York style pizza from Papa John's. Hey, Pirate fans, the new Papa John's New York style pizza is an MVP move for game day or any day. Place your order online at papajohns.com and sign up for Papa Rewards. Papa John's, the official pizza of the ECU Pirates. Hi, I'm Ken Hagler of Taft, Taft & Hagler. We're proud to be sponsors of The Brian Bailey Show and The Pirate Nation on Pirate Radio, the voice of The Pirate Nation. If you've been injured on the job or due to someone else's negligence in an automobile collision, call us at 752-2000 for a free consultation with experienced professionals who care. Go Pirates! Seared Chop House is Greenville's only true chop house. We're open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. Seared combines a remarkable menu with an unrivaled atmosphere. Lunch or dinner at Seared is a quality driven experience where we highlight a thoughtful approach to locally sourced ingredients and hearty flavor rich cuisine. We're firing up the grill at Seared, Greenville's only true chop house located on Fire Tower Road at Bells Fork. Come see us at Seared for lunch or dinner seven days a week. This is Tim Doust, ECU Football Special Teams Coordinator, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show. Keeping an eye on Harold Varner playing in the final round of the Players' Championship, and I believe he just made par on his first hole. I was trying to keep up with it during the commercial break, but he is on the course. He's at six under par, and the leader is at nine under par, so Varner very much in the hunt there. One other programming note coming up today at 3 o'clock on P. PRL, Pirate Radio Live, former East Carolina coach Joe Dooley. So he'll be on the air with Pirate Radio coming up today at 3 o'clock. Cy Seymour is on the air with us right now as we're talking NCAA tournament basketball. The tournament actually begins with the first four coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday night. And we joke that that's always the time everybody tries to figure out where True TV is because nobody keeps up with it until the tournament starts. TBS, TNT, CBS, and True TV are your net works of choice for the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, Carolina and Marquette, they play on Thursday on TBS, 4.30 tip-off in the afternoon. If I'm not mistaken, Thursday is St. Patrick's Day, so I think a lot of people are going to take off work right side and, 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 and head somewhere and watch Carolina play Marquette. No doubt about it. This is a wonderful basketball state. Carolina's got such great tradition. 
And so, yeah, people would be watching it as close as they can, can and enjoy every play of it. And they've got a good ball club, so they've got a shot. But it's harder. They just, they're not, they've not been so inconsistent. And they have been inconsistent. They're playing in Fort Worth, Texas. Is that Dickey's Arena, the same place the American played? I'm not, I bet that's where it is. Yeah. I think it'd be Dickens Arena. That's a great arena. That's what I was a thinking. Beautiful, beautiful brand new silk. Uh, let's move to Duke. Duke's matchup with uh, Cal State Fulton is in prime time on CBS on Friday night. That's in the West Regional, but the games will be played in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, that's kind of a neat place to go to to see a, an NCAA game. Uh, years ago, we had a chance to go down there and, and cover North Carolina. Duke is the two seed against Cal State Fulton. What do you know about the Titans? Well, the, the Titans, are, that's always a solid program. They'll, they'll play good defense. Uh, they'll be well-rounded. But, but Duke has so much talent, and they've got Krzyzewski, and it's in Greenville. So I think, I think Duke should have a, an easier time than North Carolina, but I think both of them will win. I think both of them will win their games. When you look at what Duke has gone through the last couple of weekends, uh, obviously it was Coach K's last game at Cameron, and North Carolina went in there and in one of the most bizarre games I think I've ever seen. Because I thought when Duke went on a thirteen or fourteen zero run in the first half with with all their former stars there jumping up and down, and you know it's, it's the Coach K you know last game at Cameron. It was you know, Carolina would just roll away and die, and they didn't, and they came back and won that game going away. And then with what happened to Duke, you know Coach K's last ace. CC tournament, they could crown a champion his last time, and Virginia Tech wrecked that party. Can, can you believe that? Well, no, it's really hard to believe, but uh, when I watched, and, and, and I'm telling you, I do more with our league, so I, I really have not watched the Atlantic Coast Conference that much, but I watched uh, Duke in the North Carolina game, that last game over there, because it's, it's a historical game. It's his last game. Duke never defended uh, the high ball screens that Carolina set. Carolina had a field day. I mean, it, and, and, and I did see the first half of the game that Carolina and Duke played over in, in, Green, in uh, Chapel Hill, and Duke hit everything. So I'm thinking, they hit everything in one, but Carolina's not going to miss everything in the next game. I think it'll be a good ball game, but I thought Duke would win at home. I think the pressure got to Duke. I think the pressure of, uh, uh, of all those people sitting there, I think it got to them. But more, more importantly, North Carolina outplayed them. In every facet of the, I don't care if you like Carolina, dislike them. They outplayed Duke in that ball game. The, the high ball screens, Duke never covered. I mean, they they just didn't, and 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 they were wide open anytime they went to the lane. And then they, if they did come in, it was late to the lane, and they kick it to a corner and shoot a three. And, and if you can't defend the high ball screens now, you're in trouble. And and that's what happened that night. And I guarantee the defensive troubles showed again yesterday. Uh, against Virginia Tech. I, I'm sure it did. I got more the other day against Virginia Tech. Yeah, and when you look at, at that Duke Carolina game, you know I, I think the pressure, you know, as I said, when they went on the big run, everything was going great. But down the stretch, you know, when, when it, it was it wasn't only like, hey, we got to we got to come through in this game. It was, hey, we've got the world looking at us. We've got Coach K getting ready to, you know, this is his swan song. We've got to win this game, and I think the pressure just really, really did get to him. And Carolina was playing with house money, and and they just rolled. I, I, you know, when you look at it, that's, that's how I looked at it. I thought the game was won at the end of the half when Duke had the lead and then North Carolina knocked down shots, made a, a close ball game at the half, and it was like, we're here to stay. And, and I think it was very difficult on Duke. I think the kids, they're young. They're looking at all these pros sitting up in the stands. Uh, it, it gets to be really, really tough. And uh, I, think, I think it really caught Duke. But again, then again, Duke's not been the greatest team this year either. I think I think they struggle in the West Regional. I, I think that they got a lucky high seed as a two, and I, and I've always liked Duke, but I, I just don't see it. I, I think the league itself was down, and the indications are that it was. Duke was lucky to get a two. I thought Tennessee deserved a two over them when they won the uh, SEC tournament. I thought they should have gotten a two seed, but. That's just the way the world works. And sometimes reputation uh, outplays what what should have been done. I agree with you. I thought I thought Duke when they lost in that championship game, especially the way they lost. I thought they would drop to a three, but they ended up as the number two seed in that West Regional. Uh, Gonzaga is the one seed, and, and you got to think that one of these years, Mark Few is going to win this national championship. Could it be this year? Yeah, and I think this could be the year. I'm not sure, but he's a great coach. He's got really depth. He's got good guards. He's strong. He, and got great big men. So 
he he could easily step in there this year. But again, I think it, I think it's the most wide open tournament I've ever seen. What do you think of the the elevens having to play in that first four? You have a, a couple of elevens, couple of sixteens, uh, and in the nine uh, ten game coming up on Wednesday, Notre Dame from the ACC is an eleven seed taking on Rutgers, which is it's kind of a, a really really evenly matched game you would think on paper, and it's kind of a preliminary before the actual NCAA tournament. But you know the NCAA calls it the first four, and uh, it, it's become kind of a tradition in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, it goes back to what I say, expand the tournament. Let's get real here. Why are two 11 seeds playing on the first day? That's that's my whole point. And, and and you're right. That's two good ball clubs. Rutgers has had a good year. Notre Dame faltered at the end but had a good year. That ball game will go either way. That will be an indicator of the Big Ten and the ACC. Me, I think Notre Dame wins it, but that's a hard first-round game, I can tell you that. Let's take a look at the American teams and their matchups because, as you said, you kind of keep an eye more on the American. Houston is a five seed. Is that is that the right seed for Houston? Yeah, it is this year. Brian, what he did is remarkable. He lost three guards last year. Two left to go pro. The other guard, went to Caleb Mills, went to Florida State. He's a tremendous player. And he's from Asheville, North Carolina. He's a four-star recruit and had a great year at Florida State. He then had his starting two guards this year get hurt. So he lost not only the – and these other guards, two of them could have come back. He lost the first-team guards. Then he had the second-team guards starting the year. They both got hurt. Great players, Marcus Sasser, and then the other young man is a shooter and a four-star recruit. They both got hurt, so they're sitting on the bench. So these are the third-team guards, and they have come through with this kind of year. And they're good. They're not fluke. I think it's the right seat. If he had the other two guards, I think he'd be up to a three-four. But the five's a good seat for him. But he's got a he's got a good basketball team, and he is going to be rough in the South Regional. He's not going to be bad uh, in his games. I, I, it's just he's he's got a program now, and they're scary. How's that matchup against UAB look? Uh, I think the UAB Memphis game. I'd be scared of Memphis. They're the team that scare me. I, I, I've said all along. If you look at the West. The two teams that I've got that scare you, if you're Gonzaga, Duke, Texas Tech, and Arkansas, Memphis and UConn, they are scary. If See, what happened is Memphis moved regular-sized guards into Imani Bates got benched. He's 6'10", and a, he's 17 years old, was playing the point guard, but he wasn't physical enough or quick enough. They moved him out of the lineup. He no longer plays, and now you've got a ball club that's really, really good, and they've been winning, and they can be scary good. Now, they lost to a Memphis team, I mean a Houston team, but Houston's good. But they can be really scary if they're on. Uh, I saw them, I mean, they're, they're just, they can whip anybody at any time. And UConn's playing well, and they're out of a good league. So it's just a lot of fun to watch those guys. All right, Memphis is a nine seed, and they have eight seed Boise State in their first game. That's a 145 tip coming up on Thursday, and it's going to be broadcast on TNT. Houston, as the five, gets the 12th seed UAB. That's a Friday night game, 920 on TNT. So when you look at Houston and, and Alabama-Birmingham, you know, what kind of year did UAB have? They, were, they won Conference USA, correct? Yeah, and they're, and they're a good basketball team. They're solid. Houston's just a different level. They're just they're that good. So I, I, I would take uh, Houston in that ball game. And you usually have when you're filling out your brackets, there are certain spots that seem to always happen, and there always seems to be at least one. I remember one year; I think there were three twelve-five upsets, and and you know it doesn't make any sense. But none of this tournament really makes sense. That's why it's so much fun to watch and to keep up with. But uh, you know, you see little things like that. You know, the twelves and the fives, and you know, numbers, and you know, and that's why they they offer so much money for a perfect bracket because it's. It's absolutely impossible. It is impossible. I'm telling you right now, ECU early in the year played that Davidson team. And ECU is right in, 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 with two minutes to go. It's a three to four point game. They had three guys, and I'm just telling you, three foreign players, 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", three of them. They knocked down threes. These big kids, strong, just stepped out. But Killip knows how to do it. They knock down shots and they beat ECU. I mean, they are well coached. They have the product. And these are all foreigners 
like the Ukraine and places like that. He has developed a chain in there, and he gets these kids, and my gosh, they are hard to beat. And when they start stepping out, and you've got three big guys out there, it's hard to guard them. And uh, if they're hitting, they can be scary good. And so, uh, and Richmond, same way. They play that slogan. Now, they play the slow game. If they're on, they're very difficult. But there, there are so many good teams out there. That's just the way it is. But I always look the coaches, and those are good coaches. Uh, you know, when you look Mark Pugh, you mentioned him. But how do you count out of Calipari? How do you count out? And the one I think is always a dark horse. You never count out. Jay Wright at Villanova. Yeah. Yeah, he's always there, isn't he? Yeah, and, and let me give you a story on Jay Wright and Villanova. Cole Swider, the real good player. He got 37 or however how many he got against North Carolina and against – uh, and he plays for he, – he moved over to Syracuse. He went in, and he discussed it with, uh, with, with Jay Wright. He said, Coach, I'm getting 18 minutes a game. Will I get more? He said, I can't guarantee anything. We, we've got a ball club. You're probably going to get 18 minutes a game. He said, I'm going to transfer. Do you know that it, we were in the thick of that transfer? Swider was – and what happened is Buddy Beheim at the end of it – and we thought we had it. Oh. Buddy Beheim called at the end and said – Come with me. We played each played each other growing up. Can you come up here? You can play up here. And he went to Syracuse. That's how close we were. Yeah, we were really close on, on Swatter. But but what I'm saying is, Villanova gave that kid up a six nine guy that can fire it. They just got other players. So don't count out at, at them at the two seed and Jay Wright. They're rough. And really, when you look at it, and we go back to East Carolina, but but that's that's really what the Pirates – the Pirates just need somebody they can count on that if they can get him open, they can make a shot. And that's just – you know, it's easy, it's a lot easier said than done, but there are guys out there that, that, that you know, that thrive on stuff like that. That's right. That's right. And I, and I think, to me, the way the game is trending, you better have shooters. You better have three of them. Now, I don't care where they are. It's hard to defend three. You can usually get two, but rotation on three, it's hard to get out on that third one when you're passing around the wing quick. So if you got three, you're in great shape. That's why I, I, Memphis doesn't shoot it real, real well from the perimeter. I think that affects them. But I, I think when you look at uh, uh, good teams, i tell you what I said, the South Regional with Arizona, Villanova, Tennessee, and Illinois, that's your four seeds. That's rough. That is a really strong, strong region. It really is. All right, Cy Seymour, ECU basketball analyst, joining us. We're going to take one final commercial break. We'll come back and then we'll wrap up this edition of the Brian Bailey Show. Love talking brackets, and we'll continue on and wrap it up after this. The Angus Grill is your premier spot for the best burgers, cheesesteaks, and brisket sandwiches around. Join us for our unmatched variety of burger combinations. From the mushroom bacon Swiss burger to the jalapeno popper burger to the original Angus classic. Pair that burger with our amazing onion rings, tots, fries, or sweet potato fries. Angus Grill, with four amazing locations in eastern North Carolina, including Winterville near Pitt Community College, on Jarvis Street in Uptown Greenville, and on Statensburg Road near the hospital. It's the best burger around. Guaranteed. There's no better time to drive away with a quality pre-owned car, truck, or SUV from Greenville Auto World. Greenville Auto World is your authorized rough country dealer. We specialize in lift and leveling kits along with custom wheel packages. Whether you're looking for ground clearance or enhancing the appearance of your vehicle, trust our team for your off-road experience. Greenville Auto World, 3840 South Charles Boulevard across from Hardy's at Bell's Fork or online at greenvilleautoworld.net. The best burgers around. Everyone loves a thick, juicy, and fresh burger. Tiebreakers in Greenville, plus the all-new Tiebreakers in Winterville do real burgers better than anybody. So don't just go to any burger-themed restaurant chain. It's time to break the chain and eat local. Tiebreakers, real burgers at its best. Everybody loves burgers. When a storm hits, you can count on Greenville Utilities. They put their emergency storm plan into action to restore power as quickly and safely as possible. If you experience an outage, call them toll-free at 1-855-767-2482. The automated hotline can handle a large number of calls at once, virtually eliminating busy signals, so help can be on the way as fast as possible. Remember, GUC's emergency hotline number is 1-855-767-2482. 
Hey Pirate fans, this is Coach Cliff Godwin. The physicians at Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center have been caring for our athletes at ECU for more than 35 years. Whether it's treatment for our sports injury or it's time for that joint replacement, Orthopedics East provides the latest in operative and non-operative orthopedic care, physical therapy, and diagnostic testing. For experienced and professional services, call the team at Orthopedics East at 252-757-2663 or visit them online at ortho east.com go pirates university pc care has been the pirate nation's go-to it expert since 2006 your office deserves a proactive tech support approach instead of always reacting to issues after the damage is done you need BizCare. BizCare tech support and cybersecurity plans keep you ahead of potential issues and much safer from cyber threats like ransomware what's at your office Call William today to schedule your free BizCare consultation or learn more at universitypccare.com. Pirate Radio. We'll strap it on with anybody, anywhere. It doesn't matter. I know this. I want to win or lose with the group that we have in our locker room. The voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, working for our community, not for shareholders. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back as we wrap things up with Cy Seymour talking East Carolina basketball, talking NCAA tournament bracket basketball. We talked a lot about the Atlantic Coast Conference. The ACC is the winningest conference in NCAA history with a 654 winning percentage. The last six tournaments, the ACC has won 78 games. They've had five teams in the Final Four. Duke and 15, Carolina in 17, and Virginia in 19 all won the national championship. This year, they'll be hard-pressed to get anybody there. Duke, obviously, is is the favorite to go as far as they possibly can, but they've got their own issues, as we've seen of late, with Carolina knocking them off a week and a half ago, and then uh, this past weekend with their problems against Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game. But uh, the Blue Devils, uh, you know, this is their the, the, the swan song for Coach K. Will that make a difference at all sides? That, that Coach K, you know, we know this is it? Well, I, I think it will. I think they can stay focused not being – they're going to be in Greenville um, in South Carolina early, but when they start beginning to move a little bit and do things, they may focus even more. And uh, I think it can help them. I, I don't think they can get out of that region. I just don't. I think the, they could get Texas Tech, but it will be hard. Uh, but I, I think Gonzaga comes out of there. And I think Duke will struggle against Texas Tech, but uh, you never know with Coach K. And he's got athletes, but can they defend well enough? And can they shoot the three ball well enough? It's going to be the key. I think Gonzaga's got all the pieces. All right, let's go through your uh, final four picks now before we let you go. Then so you've got Gonzaga in the West. Yeah, yeah, I'm a chicken. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, you gonna go all chalk? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kentucky uh, over Baylor. Which is, I like Calipari's ball club, and, and Baylor's good. I t- and I'm going to take Jay Wright and Villanova in the South. And let me tell you, that's Arizona, Villanova, Tennessee, and Illinois. That uh, they are four great ball clubs. Tennessee can win that. That yeah, they could. They could win. But Jay Wright, I just think he he's like a a, a really great coach and got a lot of talent. And that league up there, that Big East, is mean and it's tough. So I'm going to take Jay Wright to win that thing, and then. I take Bill Self in, in the Midwest with Kansas, so I'm taking really. I'm not going out of the eight of the. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm being I'm being scared, but I will take the, the two seed Villanova, and I will take the Kentucky team, the two seed in the East and the South, and I think they can win. And I take Gonzaga and Kansas. So you got two ones and two twos, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. A real chicken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know what happens to the real chickens of the world when they do a bracket is early on they don't get some of the big upsets. But normally, you know, and there's nothing normal about the tournament. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, you, you know, you end up with with teams still alive and you have a chance to come from behind in the brackets. But it's just so hard to tell. And the problem comes in is when you have one of those twos and, and you look at Kentucky for example. They play St. Peter's first. I don't see a fifteen two upset there although a 15-2 has happened before but when you look at you know, their next game against murray state or san francisco i mean oh. you got to think they're good there right Mur- Mur- murray-, murray state could get them though yeah you, you, you take kentucky but could murray state get them yeah they could but you got purdue also oh. down there and then you got virginia tech texas in that 11-6 game so oh. there's some teams down there for kentucky listen another great game 
think about the Illinois playing uh, in their in their next game. They will play Houston. Now they've got a great big man at uh, Illinois, and they are good. But Houston's going to bring that young man from South Center Central at their center. That's going to be a war. I'm telling you, the four five game against Illinois. If, if they get by their first round games, that'll be a war. There's just so many good teams out here that are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I guess the finality of it all is is the really cool thing about the tournament, and it can it can bite you. I, I remember you know sitting and watching Virginia, my favorite team growing up, and Terry Holland was my hero as a coach when I was in high school, and and watching the, the Virginia Cavaliers that year, and they they lose in that first game, the first sixteen one upset, the only sixteen one upset in the history of the tournament, and then watching the next year, yeah, if you remember, Gardner Webb had Virginia by ten or twelve in their first game. They were thinking they might. Go back to back 16 ones, but then Virginia rallied and then they came back and they uh, won the national championship, which kind of took away some of that sting from that 116. But uh, that, that's a night you'll never forget. Well, you know, you're talking about University of Virginia. It all changed when Park Hill got there as that guard. Everything yeah. began to get better for, for Virginia. And you're right. And Terry Holland, I'll never forget. Al McGuire said Terry Holland did more for the University of Virginia than Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, Terry went in there, and he won, and he did things. And you were right to be on their foot. They had a ball club, and they were doing well, and they would get upset like that. And I, I was I was so disappointed that they didn't win a national championship in that run. But remember the year after Samson left? That's right. The Final Four. They did. I mean, in Seattle. Ball club. Yeah. Yes, sir. They most certainly did. That was a, that was a really really good team, and they went all the way to, to the final four without Ralph, which was was really amazing. Have you had a chance to see any of the ACC tournament, uh, the history of the ACC tournament specials? Listen, I love every minute of it, and and it's, and the truth is, Brian, the first camp I went to was Everett Case. Wow, his camp. Yeah, twelve years old. And and he, you know, I went to Everett Case's camp, and he was there. He was no longer coaching; he was in a wheelchair. Uh, it was Maverick. She was Press's camp, but uh, Everett Case was there. And and of course, then I I, I t- t- tell people all the time, I was I loved it all my life. But what sold it? My dad took me to Greensboro, and it was Notre Dame and Green and uh, Duke in Greensboro, and it was Jeff Mullins, and it, it was not the, it was it was early. It was uh, Jay Buckley. Guys that people don't know, uh, Steve Asendek was the point guard, Jeff Mullins, that crew, Jack Marin, Jeff Mullins. It, they were loaded, and I, I fell in love with it. I said, I'm going to do that for a living, and uh, somewhere. And, and uh, in fact, I sent the first recruit I ever had that I thought was good enough, I sent him to Steve Asendek. He was the head coach at, at Winthrop, and that's why I sent him there, because Steve Asendek was there, and he was a great point guard. And by the way, he was instrumental. He's the real instrumental guy behind getting Sashevsky at Duke. Remember that one. It's true. But that's the kind of, you know, we love it too much, Brian. We've been in it forever, and we love it so much. That's exactly right, and you think about you know going back in in, in time. I remember as a as a junior high school student, you know, watching the ACC tournament, and some of the games weren't televised. You had to listen to some of them on the radio, but just to to, to be a part of that. And I used to tell people, I either want to be a sportscaster, or I can go cover the tournament, or make enough money that I can buy a ticket. <laughs> and so I knew I'd never make enough money to buy a ticket. But covering the tournament through all those years, I think I went to twenty five straight at one point. And it was just incredible. Now, I think it's lost a little bit of its luster because, you know, going to, to Brooklyn and, and some of those places, I just don't think it's as, as big a deal. When, when it's in Greensboro or even Charlotte, I mean, the whole state shuts down just about. And everybody wants to be in Greensboro. It's a hot ticket. And it's kind of lost some of that when it goes to D.C. or, or Brooklyn. But uh, hopefully they'll get back to, to, to its roots in Greensboro and, uh, and continue on and have great success. But it, it, it was a lot of fun through the years. Oh, no doubt about it. And you'll like this story. My wife uh, went to UNCG her first two years. Then we transferred. She transferred to East Carolina, uh, and we got married. So we got married young, but she was at UNCG, and she said, I wor- I'm working at the Coliseum. Would you like to work the ACC tournament? So I get that little blue vest on. <laughs> you know it, was? it was State versus Maryland. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. It was really awesome. And I'm just saying, you're like me. We, we've loved every play of it. We've enjoyed it. Uh, from working camps with Lefty to Dean Smith's camps, I've worked them. I've loved every minute of it and, and, and continue to love it at, at this age. It never stops. 
it never stops for sure. Cy, thanks so much for your time today. I know you're a busy, busy guy, but we certainly enjoyed talking NCAA basketball with you and hope all your all your picks come true this NCAA tournament. Thanks so much. Thank you, Brian. And listen, Brian, I'm going to tell you, thank you for what you do. You've been here and you've stayed with it and you're great at it. So you keep doing it, okay? I appreciate that. I'm going to keep at it until they get rid of me, which is probably closer <laughs> than it was years ago. But we certainly enjoyed doing it. And it's uh, it's been a, a great, great run for sure. Cy Seymour, thanks so much. You got it. All right. Cy Seymour, ECU basketball analyst, joining us today here on the Brian Bailey Show. Don't forget, next week, the second chance with the Sweet 16 coming up at 3 o'clock. Former East Carolina Pirate basketball coach Joe Dooley right here on Pirate Radio Live. Big afternoon for Pirate Radio and for the sports scene as we get set for the NCAA basketball tournament. We'll see you back here next week on the Brian Bailey Show. This has been The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostick Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Taft Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. Join us next week for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, right here on Pirate Radio.